Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the CW Clinic. My name is Chris. I am your host. I have a special guest for you here today. Before I introduce him, I just want to welcome everyone. We've been picking up a lot of new listeners lately. Guys, if this is your first time, welcome and buckle up. If this is not your first time, you've already buckled up. And thank you for all of your support, everybody's time, everybody's listens, shares, posts. It's actually kind of awesome to see all of that. I appreciate it all. And my mission to this show is for you first-time listeners is pretty simple. Our mission is to save you time and money from learning or I should say by learning from my mistakes save you time and money by learning from my mistakes this is a self-development based podcast has a lot of entrepreneurial goodness in it and today today's show is sponsored by leading human system I developed a leadership system and I call it leading other humans Wait, you can't say anything yet. I'm looking at my guest because I haven't introduced him. He wants to say something, and so he can after I'm done with this. 16 years of leadership experience I have. I've decided to put that into a 10-week course on primarily nothing in particular, whether it comes to leadership in your companies or leadership at home or leadership of yourself, not focused niche leadership, but leadership in general with lots of different scenarios when it comes to learning yourself, leading yourself, leading your family, your friends, leading your coworkers, and leading your company, your staff, your customers, and your clients. I call this leadership system leading humans and it is sponsoring our show today i'll tell you how to get a hold of me if you're interested because enrollment is open as of now and i will be launching this by the third week of july so if you want in on it stay tuned i'll tell you how to get a hold of me now guys i have a very special guest here today this guest many of you know Many of you know him quite well because he is the man that I went to over two years ago asking to help develop this show. And as a great friend, he said, sure, no problem, Chris. Let's build this podcast. And he was a part of the show for over a year, I think. And I don't know the actual time frame. However, I believe it was about 30 episodes. And uh, without further ado, I'm honored to introduce my very good friend, the handsome Stephen Taft. Do you guys know how hard it is to look across a desk into those seductive eyes when Chris is in serious mode? Oh, <laughs> see, I was I was confused because I thought today's show was sponsored by Dominate Your Day Systems. You know, Dominate Your Day went over really fucking well, dude. I, 
I heard like really well. I I heard because uh, you know I'm gonna do that thing where I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, an OG here. Yeah. What up, Devin? Uh, thank you for <laughs> keeping me updated on everything that went down in the Dominate Your Day system and continuing <laughs> to support our boy. That dude's been here uh, longer than I have. I actually had a conversation with Devin. I talked to him about once a week, give or take, and we were talking, and he actually. I, he responded to one of my social media things about the leadership system. And I was like, hey, do you want to be involved? And he's like, "Like, not right now. However, you know I support you. And I'm like, yeah, you are arguably the longest supporter ever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Devin has been supporting me and my mission and my style and my everything, all of my companies – for better part of a decade. Dude, I, I mean, that's like, you know how social media works. Different sure. algorithms will show you. No, I don't understand social media. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Can you explain to me? What's no, no, all right. no, not even the slightest. Fine. But but he also is involved in a lot of the things I do. Like, he'll like and support. You know, you know how he yeah, is. Yeah, he's a good dude. So he oftentimes comes up in, in all my feeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to see the, the fun he has with his family and the awesome supportive <laughs> father he is. And yeah, all he's, that stuff. yeah, he's a great family but, man. But uh, he, he was speaking to the Dominate Your Day. Him and Dan. Uh, I'm not going to mispronounce Dan's last name. but uh, Caffey? Yeah. Yeah. Were, uh, you know, those are two guys that kind of kept me abreast on everything that was going on with the system. And, I think uh, he's a little nerdy, right? You guys, yep. nerd, you oh, guys yeah. nerd out, right? He, he supports uh, my podcast board and nerdy. Good. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that, Dan. Uh, yeah. So is, is that good periodically come back or is, you know, what's the deal with that? Actually, a lot of people have been asking me. Uh, the answer is, I really don't know. <laughs> I can, I can answer that this year. No. I will not run Dominate Your Day again this year. Might I run it again next year? Yes. Uh, it's worked so well that every, almost every single person that took it is in a like completely different, different place, place in life within eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And they're all just fucking killing it. Not to mention, they like one guy made thirty times the return on his investment in eight weeks, or something along those lines, like time wise. Uh, the money isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is how well everyone's doing. I haven't made it public yet. However, I did. Well, it is public. I haven't promoted it yet, but I built a public "Dominate Your Day" Facebook page. Mm. Um, like three people have liked it. I haven't promoted it yet. Um, it's it's actually turning into a book as well. Nice. Yeah. I know that was something that a long time ago we spoke about. So I stopped writing most this is actually the I think this is the first public time I'm talking about it. Um, I stopped writing my book and I started rewriting or what I guess how I should say is writing Dominate Your Day book. Dude, that's one of the the hardest things that anybody could do. Yeah. It's like and I've hit that wall so many times over the past few years where I think I'm on the right path. Yeah. And then that moment hits where you're like, nah, nope. we got hit reset. Yep. And that's not a bad thing. It like it's, I am grateful mm-hmm. to hit that wall and realize, nope, no, nope, yep. this is, 
we're in that maze and we took a wrong turn. Yep. Let's backtrack and go find that correct path. So straight up, I I wrote for probably seven months or so. Uh, I was about 50 pages in and I just got a nudge to stop writing and write a different book. Ooh. And now I, on Tuesdays, I don't, I don't come to the gym. I sit home and write. That's something I need to start doing, setting a whole, it's a whole, whole day. day. Yeah. Whole day. Now, keep in mind, one of my mentors is Tom Plummer, and he's the greatest gym consultant to ever live, and he's a published author, author of like 13 books. Is that the home you met in Chicago? Yes. Yeah. So when we have phone calls, half of it's on writing. Mm. You know. And the interesting thing is people are starting to actually comment on my social media saying how well-written I am. It's like for the guy that almost didn't graduate high school and arguably grammatically was terrible at one point, it's actually quite nice to hear. Yeah. You know, when you, when you improve on things and, and people notice it, just it's not that you need the kudos, right? but it's just like, all right, cool. Recognition. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, holy shit, people like it. So... Uh, dominate your day was was an awesome thing. It was the first time in a group setting that I taught, and everyone did really well. Um, I two one uh, out of out of the uh, ten people, uh, nine people that were there, two struggled. Um, and as a teacher, you know, my first time teaching, I, I kind of like he- held it against myself. Mm. I'm like, wait a second. I'm awesome. Like, why aren't these people progressing? And one of them just needed extra, like, hand-holding. Yeah. And I'm working with him one-on-one as a mentor. The the other one, the other one, um, it I don't know. So one of the most difficult things, uh, you know, for those who are unfamiliar, my full-time profession as a teacher, uh, my secondary income is I am a soccer coach. Uh, and then my third and fourth incomes are nerdy side hustles. Um, but one of the hardest things about being a teacher and a coach is when, like, you're sitting there and you're going, I know I know my shit. Right. I know I explained to you the shit. Why are you not getting the shit? How do I make you understand? Right. And um, <laughs> I'm just uh, – part of me is glad you got to experience that. Yeah. Because it's uh, it challenges – you to think about you become more of an expert because they're failing to become an expert right you have to think about okay i know how to solve this problem they're not understanding how i solve the problem so i need to find a new way to solve the problem to explain it to them in that direction right so it forces you to kind of come up with new new strategies which you seem to have done yeah, well, and you know, and that's a good explanation. I, you know, I've been a coach for thirteen years. Mm. I just not in this department. Yep. So I'm familiar with you can only hold the door open for people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what I did, they have to walk through. They, sure. You, you know, you you have to walk through the door. Like a good coach, a good teacher actually doesn't do any heavy lifting. Right. The student has to do all the work. Mm-hmm. The teacher just holds the door open, and Actually, a guest that I've had on this show before many years ago gave me a great piece of advice. He's like, you can't personally connect yourself to their outcome. Yes, and that's very hard. Dr. Paterna. That's easier said than than done, especially when, like, you're an empathetic person that cares about other people. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
Yeah. Ah, did I fail that? No, no. Yeah. I opened that door as wide as I could. Yeah. And everyone in that system is killing it, uh, maybe minus one. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Half of them are already in my new leadership system. So their life is going to continue to change yeah. for, the, for the best part. And the, the best part about it is they've realized that investing in themselves mm-hmm. is what they needed to do to get out of the rut that they were in. Yeah. Like one of these dudes, the guy that 30X'd his uh, investment, he had like a north of six-figure salary paying job uh, running a gym for a couple of owners. And we had a conversation and he's like, Chris, I, I want my own gym. And I'm like, eh, good, go fucking open it. He's like, I'm scared. I said, yeah, that's, that's why you haven't done it. So we, I talked him through it. Um, and uh, the fucking kid's opening his gym. Good. On his own right now, like four months after the, the program. Quit, quit his, you know, relatively high-paying job and is going into business for himself, training people. Mm-hmm. So it's just great to be able to see people succeeding and winning and so on and so forth. But to answer your question, no, I won't run Dominate Your Day again this year. Uh, I, I'll probably run it next year. I don't know in what capacity, though, right. whether it's an e-course or live again. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the story with Dominate Your Day. So, what do you think, Steve? I mean, you you brought up a couple a uh, couple topics there that throughout, you know, the segue ain't gonna be clean here, boys. But um, once upon a time, I, I lived in, under this mindset of like all these things that I thought I should be doing. You know, um, there's a lot of you were speaking to investing in yourself. Yeah, this show is about self improvement. Yep. Um, and there was a long, a long period of time where I started listening to just about anybody and everybody I could in these fields. And I started to realize something about uh, the whole investing in yourself in self-improvement game. It looks completely different for different people. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about uh, prior to, you know, Chris and I, we've been friends for going on two decades now. I think more than that. Yeah, and we... We talk before these things go live, uh, which is one of the things I miss the most about doing this show is uh, our, our pregame conversations. Yeah. But we were talking about how right now my, uh, my wife, who started her own business, Ooh. is currently, as we speak, sitting in a conference about how to improve that business. Okay, so you were talking about that. Yeah. So, now f- so to, to kind of like, so you guys understand, but Steve and I were catching up before the show and he mentioned that and then... I forget what happened. My dog Penelope jumped up or something. Being adorable. Yeah, right? and, and we kind of shifted subjects. So, what did Tracy do? So she, uh, for those unfamiliar, we talked about this back when I was on the show for thirty or whatever episodes. Um, she's also a teacher for early autism intervention. She teaches uh, preschool kids, and um, she's really freaking good at what she does. She's a good teacher. You know, and. She wanted to find a way to share that skill uh, with the world. And I won't lie, it's very hard as a teacher. Um, I myself only recently figured out how to, how to share that skill outside of the classroom. Um, but she started on a program that exists and many teachers know about. It's called Teachers Pay Teachers. And she creates 
modules, um, you know, units of learning. The content. Uh, and she packages it up and she provides videos explaining how to utilize the materials. Um, and these are available for teachers that do what she does, uh, teach children with autism between the ages of as young as two, as old as six. Um, and right now, the part of the business that she's not good at and was able to self-identify, this is where I struggle at, is the marketing. She's not a business person. Mm -hmm. Um, fantastic teacher has been a budger and responsible for her own finances since the age of 11 but it's different managing your own finances versus mm -hmm. managing the finances of yep. a business mm -hmm. so uh, the course she's taking right now is all about how to build a website that has visibility how to get your product out there how to promote it how to manage your income how to um, pretty much the business side of being a teacher who provides this sort of material. Oh, so it's directed at teachers? Yes, yes. That's it, good. It, I mean, the, the uh, company's called Teachers Pay Teachers, but the idea that it's teacher-created content for mm -hmm. teachers. Yeah. Um, and she operates under the name of ECE with Miss T, um, which stands for Early Childhood Education. Sure. So she, uh, she started doing this whole investing in herself thing um, about – this time last summer and every year that we've been together we've been married for a year but we've been together for 11 right um, she's always worked summer school right. I've never had her around during the summers right uh, she took this summer off from summer school which for both of us is kind of terrifying uh, for those of you unfamiliar I mean that's anywhere from an extra three to five thousand dollars in in our pocket mm. for doing summer school and it's a pretty easy job um, you only have to be there till lunchtime. You know, it's, it's in some cities, it only goes Monday through Thursday. Um, but that was time away from pursuing her own shit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of investing is, yes, taking these courses, but part of also investing in herself was passing up on the income she knew she could get for the potential of earning even more. So she spent this whole summer just working on her website. She's been attending these these conventions and uh, talks, and she um, invested in a mentor. She's done all these things. Good. Which also made me kind of think, like, is that what I need to be doing? Sounds familiar. It does. It does. And I've, I've come to realize something about my, <coughs> that myself. Was that was me, guys. He's dying over here. Don't worry. Uh, I know CPR. <laughs> You know, so so a problem I've always had in my life is that um, you can explain shit to me until you're blue in the face. Sure. Until I run face first into the wall on my own, yep. I'm not going to learn that there's a door five feet to the right. That's what we call stubbornness. It, yes, but in, in the realm of teaching, um, it can't be explained to me. I, it has be, to I be, believe it. I believe it has it. to be experienced. Right. Um, so... That's what we call super stubborn. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, so I started doing a little something of my own Ooh. in the realm of self-improvement. Um, tell us, Steve. So for those of you who know, I'm a fat kid. And for many years of my life, I was an athlete while being a fat kid. I would say husky. No, no, I'm a fat kid at heart. Okay. okay. I, you know what? Whether my body weight is 300 pounds or around 190 where it should be, it doesn't matter. I want cheesecake. Fat Steven. Yes, that is me. Got it. Um, so, you know, I've tried this diet, that diet, this exercise, that exercise, and as you know it, it 
Sure. It doesn't matter which one you do, as long as it works for the one that works. You. Yeah. Um, and without fail, every summer I do really well. And part of it is because I just love the shit that grows in the summer. Yeah, you're also hugely influenced by the sun. Well, yes, yes, yes. But I took this concept of like during the summer I eat shit that I just like and that two hours later I feel good for eating. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're like a seasonal food eater. Yeah, but also like, you know, oh, I ate that and I felt like crap. I'm not going to eat that again. Yeah. I, I, I ate that. I felt great. Right. I'm going to do that again. Yeah. And I started to realize something. I could apply that to my life. Mm-hmm. If I do shit and it doesn't work out or it feels bad, I make a note of it. Mm-hmm. Literally just write it down. Yeah. Don't do it again. Yeah. If I did it and it worked, try to replicate. Sure. So there's intuitive eating. And the way that I've been working on myself this past year is intuitive living. Okay. And a large part of that has come from this idea that right now, there's no structure in my life. Yeah. And that's been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Good. You know, what was, remember when we started this thing, do you remember what I told you my goal was? Yes, I do, actually. And if, correct me if I'm wrong, it was to not have to wake up before 11 a.m. Yeah. So you could do your own thing when you work best. Exactly. Huh. It's like I was the best man in your wedding or something. It's almost like that. It's huh. almost like that, guys. <laughs> you know what I've been doing since March? Your own thing. My own thing. Huh. And it has been the most productive, successful, what month are we in right now? Uh, this is July. So I, I can't math very well. Is that is that four months? So, right? Yeah. Post-COVID, so, yeah. Oh, let's let's count on our hands. March, <laughs> April, May, June, July. Yeah, we're we're headed to that four ish. I think next month is that that five month mark. Okay. I mean, not, not next month. Next week is that five month mark. It's been awesome, man. It's been nothing but knocking out all the shit that I've ever wanted to do, and it's going better than I could have ever thought. So I don't. I, let me pause you for a second. So you're saying that. This time frame that everybody is in, mm-hmm. right? I guess loosely put is 2020. You've progressed. Oh, I've killed it. Oh, please tell me more. Yeah. So you know, there's, there's. I feel guilty in saying this because I know so many people out there are struggling. Right? Sure. Um, and part of me. That the empath that lives in me feels bad for those people that are struggling. Well, that it's empathetic. Right. You're empathetic. I'm empathetic. Part of me feels blessed to be in the position I'm in. You should, all of you should feel blessed. Part of me, though, also goes, I earned this shit, and I'm not going to feel guilty for you it. You deserve nothing other than what you work for. So I have been put in this situation where I didn't lose a paycheck. I didn't lose a day of work. What my day of work looked like changed drastically. All right. So per the contract, I was supposed to be singing from my computer from seven in the morning till two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. You know what happened between seven and two? You sleeping? About 90 minutes of the most bullshit meetings ever. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time? Yes. Right. Me sleeping. But what about your students? Did you have live sessions? Did you teach your kids or did you just slack the whole time? Yeah, I taught my kids. Mostly from 5 p.m. to 1 in the morning. Wow. Because that's when my kids were active. Well, that, that's also when you're active. Sure. Right? But 
the way I've always been in my job, I'm there when the kids are there. Right. If the kids said, hey, we're doing this at 5 o'clock in the morning, we're doing it at 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. And I won't lie. Uh, the stress did kind of get to me of like, you know, so on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I had to be in a live session meeting um, from 8 till 9 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then most nights, Monday through Friday, I did not get my first assignment or my first comment on our virtual classroom of, hey, mister, I need help. Mm-hmm. until about 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. So here I am working from 5 to 1, having to wake up to sit in these bullshit meetings. I felt like I was working 24 hours a day. Yeah. However, I was reaching kids that in the classroom, either they f- weren't cognitively ready, they were still tired from the night before because teenagers – or maybe they worked until one or two in the morning the night before. Or maybe they were that kid that comes in at lunchtime because they worked the morning shift at Dunkin' Donuts. This allowed them to be available when they were best ready to learn. Yep. And allowed me to meet them when I was best ready to teach. Hmm. And I learned things about me as a teacher and my students as students that I could never learned under different circumstances. Okay. So were there hardships to it? Yeah. Literally 50% of the population never showed up to a virtual class. Uh, I also teach in a low socioeconomic area where most kids didn't have internet or computers. Um, I work under a fantastic principal who made sure that every kid had at least a Chromebook to log in on. Um, So every one of our students had a Chromebook. Uh, Our superintendent pushed for Comcast, gave all the kids free internet. Um, so they could come to school. Still, 50% of them didn't show up. It's disheartening to see. However, I did the math on this. Um, out of all my students, I teach 135 students a day. About 17% are what we call chronically truant. Meaning that chronically what? Truant. Okay. So they're going to miss 40 to 50 school days a year. Okay? Okay. So I have that 17% of kids. I reclaimed 5% of them through virtual learning that never missed a day. Good. The power that that made me feel, uh, because also as a giant nerd, virtual learning is just streaming video games, which is one of my my side hustles. Right. You know, so instead of streaming a game, I'm just streaming a classroom. Hmm. So it also led to another awkward segue, guys. It also lets me identifying some skills that I realized I could provide not to my students, but to parents. So a lot of parents reached out to me, surprisingly from the straight A student category. Their kids, without actually physically coming to school, stopped giving a shit, period. Like they needed that physical structure of I'm here from X time to X time. I have to be in this set learning this this classroom is designated for learning. Without that structure, these kids falter. So I had a lot of parents reaching out to me. Uh, parent listeners, you probably know this. You were all invited to the virtual classrooms. Like I had parents sitting in on my classes. Um, but I had a lot of parents reaching out to me talking about, I don't know how to make my kid do this, which blows my mind personally. Because here I am. I'm an adult with no authority over your child's life. I get them for 90 minutes a day every other day. They'll do, if I tell them to go jump through that, that flaming hoop over there, they will. And you can't get them to sit in front of a computer for 90 minutes? 
where's the disconnect? I start coaching parents on things that, for me, I didn't realize people had to work on. Mm. Um, and I've actually been working on a six-week program of my own. Ooh. Yeah. Um, the working title we are currently operating on, and uh, I already told Mama Dukes this, it's inspired by her. Um, for those of you, again, unfamiliar, I have a now 19-year-old little brother. I myself am turning 35 in August. Um, so I've kind of been there to watch his whole childhood into adulthood. You know, I was almost 16 when he was born. Um, so I was nearly an adult myself at that point in time. I would argue by the life I led, I was an adult by that time. But uh, if you knew me now, you'd probably say I'm still a kid. So calling the program, uh, you're not a parent. You wouldn't understand. And the whole idea behind this program is that Sometimes we're so close and so emotionally involved in the problem that we miss the most basic solutions to providing structure and success to a child. And it's going to be based on a six-week course, and it kind of reminds me a lot of what you're talking about with your leadership. Yeah. It's aimed towards making your kid more academically and professionally successful. However— In a new education environment. Yep, because I'm not educating, in this case, I'm not educating the kids. I'm not even going to talk to your kids. Right. Well, I mean, like, the landscape of education has changed. Oh, absolutely. Well, it's not just that, though, right? Because here's the deal. You could apply this to anything. Right. I run clubs. I run mentor groups. I run, uh, uh, not run, but I coach a soccer team. I run a classroom. I I used to run a summer camp. I could take a kid in any environment. And apply these six core concepts, much like your leadership. Mm-hmm. It's not leadership in any one specific area. Mm-hmm. It's these are the, the, over these 10 weeks, you'll learn these traits that all leaders have. If you take these six concepts and you put them anywhere in a child's life, they're going to succeed. And a lot of times it's the emotions of loving and caring and wanting so much success for the kid that you're not willing to do the hard things that make easier later on how do you think quite i'm just first things first outstanding how do you think parents will take direction from you uh, considering you don't have any children so i already have um three signed so i'm doing the first session for free uh because i want testimonials yeah i'm providing this to people i know uh, people that have supported me in avenues of my life or just longtime friends that um, are willing to be open and vulnerable with me. Right. Um, and I've been asked that question. Um, my track record speaks for itself. Yeah. I mean, I have taken, I've worked in a school for the emotional, those with emotional behavioral disorders. And I've gotten kids that literally threw shit at their parents to clean up their room without me having to say please or asking more than once. Um, I take kids that have been, I've been told are ball hogs, selfish, non-team players, and turn them into a team voted captain. Hmm. Um, you could doubt me all you want. Right. Enjoy your kid throwing a temper tantrum when you tell them no. For right, right. When Xbox. you're ready, you hire me and we'll, right. I'll fix it. Um, I have a child and adolescent psychology degree. Yep. I have 17 years in child care, 11 years in teaching, 
13 years in coaching, come at me. Right. Like you don't have to believe me. Right. But enjoy your current situation because your current situation is not going to change until you're willing to accept that what you're doing is the problem. And that's where a lot of parents are at right now. They don't realize that an eight-year-old should not be on anxiety medication, period. Eight-year-olds have nothing to be anxious about. Why are they anxious? Because their parents have taught them to be anxious. Mm -hmm. Why are there 12-year-olds that are depressed? I mean, if we think about it all, right, are there medical conditions that cause these things? 100% will never deny that. Um, there's, there's two types of um, disorders out there for young people. Those that are physical in nature, chemical imbalances that are caused by some sort of medical condition. But then we also have those that are caused by the nurture they're growing up in. Their parents have made them anxious, right? Their perceived reality has made them depressed. And a lot of that stuff can be fixed if you approach it early enough and realize that maybe I don't have the answers. And maybe I do need somebody that's got fresh lens and no emotional attachment to my relationship with my child to help me see where I might be able to improve. Right. And if they want to throw it out of the window afterwards, fine. But is what you're doing working? No. Right. If you continue to do it, is it going to work? No. If you have to reach out to me at a parent-teacher conference to ask me how to get your kid to do schoolwork, obviously you don't know how to make it happen on your own. What, what are you pointing to? Oh, no, I, it's clicking. Oh, <laughs> no. You know, I find a similarity here, right? How many business owners I know that will sit here and be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm complaining and I'm, I'm not making the money that I want to make. You know, my, my staff sucks. No, they don't. No, <laughs> your staff. Well, maybe your staff sucks. You shouldn't have hired them or it's, you should have fired them. It's your fucking fault. You know, and it's the same. It's it's a very similar similar yeah. similar parallel here. You know, I'm just being abrupt, and Steve's being tactful. However, it's the child is the child's actions. The child is the child because of the environment it grew up in. Yes, the staff acts the way they do because of the leader. The child acts the way they do because of the environment, which would you know generally be the leadership. It's not the child's fault. It's the parent's fault. Mm -hmm. Most people are not self-aware enough or selfless enough to understand that. Same with business owners. They're not self-aware enough or they're too selfish to think that they are the issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, I've been in that seat before. Have you? I mean... I, I would say in some aspects of my life, I still am. Right, exactly. You know, like, exactly. and being open to the idea that, like, the way I'm doing shit could be wrong has been the greatest step forwards I've had in my life. Right. You know, right. Even if in the moment I don't think I'm wrong, shut up and take it in. You're right. given two ears, one mouth. Exactly. You know? Yep. If you don't like it, if you don't think it's true, throw away after the fact. Yeah. But how will you know until you give it an honest shot? Maybe I am wrong. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was told that boat shoes are the way to go in the summer. I'm rocking some right now. I have blisters all over my feet. I'm throwing these bitches out. But guess what? Yeah. I tried boat shoes. Sure. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't wear boat shoes. Those look nice, though. You know, I appreciate it. I have loafers. Yeah. See, I feel like those I would have the same problem. Yeah. I, I would have the same problem. My feet stay nice and cool, though. Well, that's what I was hoping with these. Right. They're not, though. No. I'm going back to my flip-flops, bro. Yeah, I'm a flip-flop guy myself. Yeah. These are the tangents we get on. But to bring it back around, um, I, I think I think a lot of things we discussed in the past yeah. has kind of also led me to this realization that, like, yeah, you know, you talk about training staff. You know, you got to hire the right people. You got to train them the right way. Yep. And then if it's not a match, you got to get rid of them, right? Yeah, hire better, fire quicker. Problem is you can't fire your kids, right? Yeah, you can't fire your kids. So, you know, last piece I just want to say because I forgot to add this part in. Sure. Uh, and this is this is my my disclaimer slash uh, not my disclaimer my evidence to truly why should they listen to uh, somebody like me that doesn't have any kids besides my degrees and my my experience and I think this is the most important piece of it was the biggest confidence builder for me when somebody pointed this out to me to realize that yeah I do get it. So I have my 11 years of teaching. I've only spent two years in mainstream education. Uh, I've worked at a residential uh, facility for students with emotional behavioral disorders. I spent five years at an inner city alternative ed school. The worst that the city has to offer. I've only ever written up one kid in my entire professional career. And that's only because I was told if I didn't write them up, I was going to be written up. It's one of the biggest regrets of my life writing that kid up because he didn't deserve it. But I valued my own track record more than that kid's at that time. Mm. Well, it was a lesson. It was a lesson. It was a lesson. Um, and thankfully, I had built enough of a relationship with that kid that after my boss had left the situation, and I was able to be like, hey, man, you know, I was put in a X or Y situation. Sorry, I went with X. They didn't hold it against me. Right. I hold it against myself. Right. But I learn from it. We move forward. Which is arguably worse. Yeah. Yeah. But we look at we look at the track record, man. If you want to really think about it, I've got nine years working with what's been I've been told are some of the most difficult kids without having to write a single one up for an infraction of any sort. Right. I've got 30 of them at a time. How many you got? Right. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Right. Could be taken as arrogance, but you know what? I think I've earned it. No, I I disagree. I don't I don't take it as arrogance. I, what a lot of people fail to understand is, and this is factual, when those are perceived as arrogant or cocky, perceived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, the individual perceiving it is actually projecting their lack of confidence. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference, like. There's a difference between being so incredibly sure of yourself that you know you're doing the right thing or making the right decision and not. Guys like me, guys like you, we're confident in our ability. Mm. I, I know I'm one of the best gym operators in the country. I know I'm one of the biggest up and coming business consultants around. That's not me being cocky. That's me being so fucking sure of myself. That's just what it is. Mm. Being arrogant, in my opinion, is different. It's it's like almost where you have to brag to persuade someone. 
look at me, look at my track. No, in a different light. Not just stating, look at me, look at my track record, but you arrogantly display your track record, your your accreditations, your <sighs> resume. It walks in the room before you. Re- resume to, to get the attention mm. often is more of an arrogant act. Confidence is just being able to walk through life understanding yourself and knowing what you do is great i think there's a lot of areas that can be comment upon that we're talking about but i don't believe what you said is arrogant i just believe you're confident in your ability and you know what I, I, one thing i'd like to add to that because i feel like both of us have this trait right absolutely we, we've talked to, we've talked about how if we're in the room and we fuck up y- yeah exactly hey look at me i made a mistake you know I still know I have more to learn. I still know that there's other ways of approaching things I do. But you can still be good at what you do. But I know that what I have added to the arsenal already, I shoot troops. Yeah. And and that's that's one thing I know is I'm going to hit my target every time with what I do have. Yep. You know, and I'm still willing to add. I'm still willing to accept that there's things I don't know. And when I get those things, I master those things. That's having an open mind. I'm willing to provide them to other people. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Steve. You were on the show for one year and 28 episodes. I mean, 28 rounds to 30? Yeah. Uh, our last episode together was August 31st, 2019. So almost a year. Oh, that was when I got the coaching job. That, you, yeah, you got the coaching job right around then. We interviewed PJ. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was our last episode together. So this has been almost a year since wow. you've been here. And by the way, this is episode fifty-seven. Yeah, I I, re- I forgot. <laughs> so I have. Uh, I'm sure many people that have iTunes or Spotify, whatever. You have your like curated list. Mm-hmm. So I have one that I just push play on, and like if any new artist or podcast or whatever I have have dropped something new, right? It just plays what's next in the list. And I remember sitting there thinking, um, fifty-four. I forgot what 54 was. Yeah. Well, let's take a look here. Um, by Re- reputation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that that popping up on my playlist. And uh, the way my, my car view on Spotify works, it's just giant display of the letters. I guess I'm blind. And all it said on the screen was hashtag 54. Yeah. I remember sitting there thinking to myself, like, holy shit. Yeah. I remember when we sat in this office. This is actually real nostalgic for me, guys. We we probably tried to record two episodes. It was almost two months. Yeah, in this office, and uh, I still have those, by the way. Wow, they're in that bag of USB things over there. To tell tell it, Steve. So we we sat here and we had a uh, an issue with. I think it was that microphone right there having a, a loop, a buzz loop on it. Yeah, we had a, the wrong equipment. Yeah. And then we came back with the right equipment, and I believe like five fire trucks and two ambulance rooms. Yep. <laughs> every every five to ten minutes, we'd have to pause the recording for an emergency service vehicle to go by. Yeah, Steve and I put about six to eight weeks into producing our first episode, uh, number one, Perspective, which at this point has like a thousand downloads, by the way. Well, I mean, that's where it all starts, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Every, I mean, I would say even what we talked about with arrogance is perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we talk about 
confidence and and your ability to prove your like that episode I didn't realize it at the time I knew you realized at the time because you were like this is what we're leading with but it's like the first block you put down in the Jenga tower which you know? episode is this perspective oh the first one yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah yeah because everything from there really has built on that yeah. I would say that a lot of what's the problem with life right now for those who think they ha- those who think they have a problem with life is their perspective yeah it's also like you know people that are outside of extreme examples 99% of people right now that are beating themselves up and miserable and depressed because of covid it's self-inflicted mm. it's your choice to be unhappy and unconfident and miserable they're coming from two guys who've arguably progressed rapidly over the I've I, I know I've progressed rapidly over the past four months Steve's progressing rapidly so it sounds like we, we chose to not sit back and play victim and be upset about all this garbage that's going on it is what it is mm. you gotta have the perspective of it okay this is what's going on how am I gonna get myself better yeah and, and you could complain about it or you could step forward Guys, yeah. 40%, 40% of gyms nationally that closed in March because of COVID did not reopen. That's one in two gyms. There's 700-plus gyms in Connecticut. Over 300 didn't reopen, and there's more closing every day. I'm just using this as an example. I was like, fuck that. I'm reopening my gym. Oh. I'm gonna do what I need. I'm gonna do what I need to do. So here's, and I don't know if this is a fucked up perspective or what, but as you were talking about that, yeah. you know what I was thinking to myself? What? Okay, so if 300 out of 700 closed, where are they gonna go? There you go, CW Fitness. Oh, we did like a hundred plus memberships in the first 11 days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's yeah, and and that might be like some people might be sitting there going, "Damn, that's an insensitive take." I say. That's looking at the positive of what came out of this, right? Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy to reopen. Oh, God, no. Oh, man. I, I got a white patch in my beard from it. Yeah, yeah. That's what's from <laughs> <laughs> COVID, dude. I, uh, I, COVID taught me many things. Co- the, 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 econo- the economy shutting down, the, the quarantining, what it, I, first things first, I considered myself an essential employee. So I was like, fuck that shit. I'm going in. And the second thing is, I worked so incredibly hard during COVID to, to keep the gym going that I've worked a white patch into my beard, literally. And what, what that time frame taught me more than anything else was I thought I knew the true definition of selflessness. I did not. Mm. Now I do. Now I do. And that entire time wasn't about me. No. It, it's never about me, but that, that was not about me. That was about keeping my staff employed. That was about keeping a gym going for the customers. That was about leading the community. I led the fucking community. I was like the only positive ray of light in the community. I don't know if you caught any of my live videos, but no, I did. Every, I, I actually caught the yeah. uh, the post you you wrote a post about exactly what you're talking about. I did. Yeah. Uh, you know how it was about staying open for your employees. Yeah, it it, it doesn't matter. Like this. Like my my staff has kids, mm-hmm. my staff has mortgages. Like many people that work for me, this is all we have. 
including me, right? You know, if something were to happen, I'd be okay. I'd be fine. I have four other companies and six other streams of revenue. I'm fine. What about my, what about my full-time dedicated staff? Mm. No. And they're not going to get a fucking job down the street at the next gym because they're closed. So, yeah, it, I really I just took it upon myself to just work my fucking balls off. I mean, I'm talking 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. for three months. Mm-hmm. I got yelled at by my mentor. After 40-ish days, he yelled at me. Literally, like like a guy that I pay to mentor me yelled at me if you need to take a day off he's like you're not going to have a relationship to go back to this is ridiculous you take a day off i was like uh, he's like shut up take a day off you've not had a day off away from the gym in over 45 days that was march 16th to april whatever whatever yeah april 30th or whatever the hell it was uh i just i wasn't gonna you know i just it could have been super easy to let this place go and just, ah, oh, COVID, whatever, get forgiven on all my debt and all that bullshit. Nah, that's not what I do, though. I don't lose. You know, I, not to take your story and, and no, turn please. it back around on me, please. but um, I showed up to somewhere, somewhere around May in the tents, right, in the teens there. I showed up to a staff meeting for specifically the social studies department. Like in person? No, no, no. For our virtual? eight o'clock, eight o'clock virtual meetings, Got right? Got it. And I think I might have still been laying in bed. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're not awake yet. No, I'm not awake yet. And actually, <laughs> I remember this very vividly because uh, we have mandated state testing that they did not forgive. Uh, we still had to give our kids their AP test. We still had to do our quarterly assessments. And by the way, I my job performance gets graded on that even though the kids haven't been in my presence and I've had no control over their life for 40, 50, whatever days it was. Uh, you know, that's two full months at that point, right? Because my last day of work was March 12th in person. And we're talking somewhere in the May teens, right? Mm-hmm. So I had been up the whole night before with a student of mine who has um, a learning disability where he could read something 15 times, take all the notes, pay all the attention. It doesn't stick. Mm. You know about my TBIs. You know I have short-term memory issues. So sure, like, I get it. I'm sitting there thinking, like, that could, be, that could be me so easily. And this kid was crying on a meeting with me because he has his AP test that his parents paid $120 for. He's on track to go to a fantastic school, and he's breaking down. And, like, I'm doing a study session with them until probably 3, 4 in the morning, and here I am, 8, 8 o'clock at a meeting. And we get in before the meeting starts. You know, there's five, ten minutes of people just bullshit and whatever. And one of uh, one of the guys that I love and hate unions. I love unions because they've protected my job on multiple occasions for uh, budgets and just honoring our contract and whatever. But I hate people that hide behind them to do a fucking terrible job. Yeah. And they just know that they can't be fired. Yeah. Um, and this individual happens to be one of those people. And he goes, man, you look like shit. And I said, yeah, well, I was on a, I was on a virtual call with so-and-so until like 4 in the morning last night. And they're like, dude, the work day ends at 2. What are you doing? Mm. Tell him to meet you between this time, you know, between 7 and 2. I was like, that doesn't work for him. 
yeah, it's not about him. That's when your contract says we're here. Actually, it is kind of about him. Get the fuck out of my profession. Right. It is about him. That's literally, what does it say on the dotted line my job is? Right. To teach kids. Right, right. Could I have every day at 2 o'clock turned off the email? Yeah. Turned off. I get uh, notifications to my phone even today Yeah. for virtual learning because we have until October to grade the kids. Right. If a kid wants to reach out to me on the fucking, if while well, I'm sitting down for dinner on the 4th of July because they're working on a project yep. that they couldn't do because they were babysitting their two little brothers mm-hmm. during COVID, mm-hmm. hell yeah, I got time for you. Mm-hmm. It could be so easy to just go, you know what? doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. It's too hard for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Or you could realize the change and the potential and the power you have in these situations yeah. to help another fucking human being. Yeah, absolutely. Could you have claimed bankruptcy or, or done some sort of financial forgiveness? Yeah. Would that help your employee's mortgage? Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Can you quit? Yes. Is it sure. easy to quit? It's easy to quit. Do you want to do the easy thing or you want to do the right thing? It's hard to put it's hard it's 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 not hard, but it's harder to do the right thing at times until you get to the point to where you're like, the right thing is easy. You start to crave the right thing. It would have been hard for me to give this up. Easy for me to put in the work. Because mm. I don't give a shit if it's twelve hour days. I work fucking 16, 18 hour days, seven days a week anyways. The thing is, like, I'm not stressed. It's I'm going to do this, and that's why. When you start to hold on, I'm feeling like a a certain trio of circles come into my world right now. (laughs) It's almost like if you figure out your purpose, the shit doesn't feel like work. No, it doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. And... You know, I, I can only kind of speak off that one system that I ran. I taught at six six o'clock at night. For you, that's like my midnight. <laughs> yeah, six o'clock at night till eight o'clock at night sometimes. Why? Because that's when everyone's available. Mm-hmm. Because I asked my 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 group, "What is the best day and hour for you guys?" Okay, Thursday six p.m. I'll see you there. Who cares? I could run it during the day right. when it's good for me. It's not good. It's not about me. It's about them. Regardless of your perspective on it, when you want people to succeed, you got to help them. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it comes down to. Yeah. You guys ever like sit in a room where a serious conversation happened and you just feel the weight and like it's not it's not a, a, a like a burden, the weight, but just like you feel the gravity of the topic at hand. And sometimes you're just like, damn, I wish everybody could see this thing that I've realized. The thing about it is we speak deeply and I speak deeply. And that's also why I'm misunderstood quite often. Mm. The things I say are just super deep. It's beyond like, oh, how's the weather? And small talk bullshit. Fourth of July. I don't fucking care. No. Guess what? I'm alive. All right. Let's talk about some important shit. Yeah. By the way, I got stuck for the 4th of July out in my quote-unquote backyard, which I could tell you about. Oh, God. Um, so I bought a boat. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a 13-foot paddleboard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see my face processing what was just said. 
And Bree bought a like little bit smaller board. And our backyard is like this wildlife bird sanctuary um, in Milford. Like our, I guess you could say we're across the street from the water, but it's not the Housatonic River or the Atlantic Ocean. It's this sanctuary sanctuary where you could kayak and paddleboard through well i didn't uh learn currents or tides oh god and after about three hours of paddleboarding the other day we got stuck and i got off my paddleboard to like get out basically and like you know figured the fucking problem out my foot went knee deep in, in mud in mud yeah it's quite interesting. I don't know what made me think of that, but I'm, I'm trying hard not to laugh at you Chris's should laugh. struggle. <laughs> it was fucking That's hilarious. Great. It was actually it was it, we uh, we got stuck right in front of after like three hours right in front of this like group of houses on the water, and this like lady was yelling at us. She's like, "You're gonna get stuck!" And then as soon as I heard that, like you I, got heard, stuck. I heard my rudder like scuff across rocks. So we we get we walk towards the lady. And this like dude comes out of his house, probably in his like seventies. And I look at him. I was go. I go. Can you tell we're new to the neighborhood? And he's like, "Come over here. I got my fucking hose. I'm gonna hose you down." <laughs> so, I thought I was gonna yell at you for being out there. So he's like, so he's like hosing me down. Like no one cares. Like everyone's being cool to each other. I'm soaked. I'm like, hey, we don't have masks. Or like, who cares? This other after they hosed us off, this other lady's like, hey, you want to ride to your house? They like drove us home. Took care of you. Yeah. Good people. I think ultimately what I was getting at here is that there's good people left in the world. And I like to have deep conversations with good people. Mm. But uh, I am a paddleboard noob. I So I'm, I'm impressed for two reasons. First off, um, I thought your knees were as bad as mine. They are pretty bad. And I found that uh, I struggled when it gets a little choppy mm -hmm. to maintain stability on my left knee on a paddleboard. So I can't, I like, I always flip. Well, see, Brie is slow on her paddleboard. So I just sit down uh, gotcha. and, and like leisurely paddle. So you almost kayak on a paddleboard. I kayak on a paddleboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. I was fucking laying out at one point. Dude, as long it. as it makes you happy, who yeah. gives a shit? It's, right? it's kind of cool. Actually, my tan is going quite well this summer. I'm actually shocked because I'm normally like a going in the sun once kind of guy. You're usually darker tan. than me. Um, and I've probably spent more time outside this summer than I have in a very long time. Good. And uh, I'm I'm still iceberg white, people, which is abnormal for me. Yeah, you're usually darker in the summer. Yeah, I get I get super tan. Um, but we've been doing a lot of uh, we have a, a garden. Out back that we we grow our own lettuce, tomatoes, strawberries, uh, dogs. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. And I've been spending some time out there. Been spending a lot of time walking the block, and uh, I still am as pale as this paper on your desk. All right, guys. So, um, this was long overdue. Steve, thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for the invite. Would you like anyone to follow you? Yeah, I mean, uh, if, you know, nerd stuff interests you or if you have any interest in learning more about uh, my program, you could catch me on the Instagram at the student teacher 87 
Um, you can catch my podcast on any of the platforms, uh, anywhere you can find the CW Clinic. Uh, you can find um, Bored and Nerdy, as in board games, not as in I am bored. Uh, and then, you know, otherwise, you could reach out to Chris, and he knows how to get in touch with me. Yeah, I'd happily connect you. Guys, make sure you follow Steve. We're on Instagram. What are you? The Student Teacher 87. No spaces, no fancy characters. And... Your show is found under what title? Bored and Nerdy. Okay. Guys, listen. If you want to follow me, actually, no. Make sure you're following me. And if you want to enroll in my leadership system, contact me on the gram, baby. The gram. At Chris Warns one On Facebook, Christopher Warns. Guys, again, at Chris Warns One on the gram and on the book of face, Christopher Warns. Steve, do you have any final words? Uh, in the words of Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. <laughs>